Okay, so the first dream was right around the time that Prince Charles was announced to having the coronavirus. I actually had a dream that we were at a dinner party sitting around a table of like seven people. Uh, my sister had sent me a MAGA hat. Don't ask me why I got a Make America Great Again hat, but we were we asked Prince Charles if he would put it on and, and send a, a picture to my sister. So um, that was that was the dream. And then there was more to it. We made friends with him. He was actually really fun. And then we took him around to all these parties and just said, hey, guess who we, who we brought? And it was like, no way, you're friends with Prince Charles. And we didn't call him Prince Charles or HRH. We called him Chaz. Chaz was our buddy. And so it was, it was actually a happy dream. But that was... Uh, socializing and uh, Prince Charles. Hello everyone, it's me, Darby Worley. Lately on this show, I've been talking to regular people about how they're coping with the lockdown and the effect of the coronavirus on their lives, health, and work. I say regular people because there are plenty of shows out there that will provide you solid information about the crisis with really smart people like doctors, epidemiologists, etc., like real facts and shit. This is not that show. This is just me talking with folks about how they're getting through. I will also occasionally be dropping in some free workouts and some meditations into the feed. And um, speaking of workouts, this episode's dreams are from Deb, one of my super rad cycling students. One way to measure how you're processing what's happening in your life is through your dreams. And so I've asked people to record descriptions of their COVID dreams and send them to me. You're going to hear another one from her later on in the show. And speaking of dreams, mine last night, see, I don't, I think like the coronavirus itself doesn't have to show up in your dream for, for it to qualify as a coronavirus dream. Like my dream last night, and this was one of those that I, I kept waking up knowing that that none of this was actually happening and I would go back to sleep and the dream would just start over again. And I was I was traveling somewhere and I had a really tight connection during which I had to return a car to like the rental car company, which of course makes no sense at all. And then somehow I got on the wrong plane. I was supposed to be flying to Nebraska. Like, I don't know why I was supposed to be flying into Nebraska, but my flight was going to Tallahassee. It was just, oh, it was a whole mess. Anyway, I, and, and I, I would have the dream. I would wake up, I would look over and, and see that my husband was right next to me and that I was still in London and I would go back to sleep and I would have the same fucking dream over and over and over again. And I was stuck in this plane. I couldn't get out. And I don't know. I, I blame coronavirus. And I'm also curious, especially for people who like track their heart rate at night, my resting heart rate has gone up like, I don't know, like six points or something since this whole thing started. And I think it's because, A, I'm crying all the time. And when you weep, I think your heart rate goes up. And also, I'm just having these crazy dreams. So my sleeping heart rate is never getting um, as low either. Anyway, um, today on the show, Ryan Tominsky, who is a fancy casting director out in Hollywood. He's worked on shows like This Is Us, Atypical, and more. And he's probably the closest thing I have to a son. But before that, three good things. These are three things that are helping me to feel better. Um, Things that helped me feel better since the last time we talked, even though I feel shitty, really shitty, most of the time. 
Um, first up, knitting. If you know me at all, you know that I love to knit. It's meditative. It's calming. It's something um, that I really enjoy doing with friends. When I lived in New York, I went to a knitting happy hour at Club Cumming, which is Alan Cummings Bar in the East Village. And my girlfriends and I would all show up there and just kind of hang out and knit. And it was hosted by these two awesome people, Brini Maxwell and Josh Bennett. Um, Brini is... I don't know what to call her. Like, I guess she's a drag queen, but she doesn't really present like a flamboyant drag queen. She is somebody who presents as like a homemaker from, I don't know, maybe like the 60s or the 70s, like, um, oh, like a Doris Day type. Um, And she makes all of her own clothes, these fabulous like 70s outfits, pantsuits and dresses. Like if your mom ever made you a pantsuit from a simplicity pattern, it's like that kind of stuff. Or sometimes she shows up like I'm um, looking like someone out of Mod Squad. She just has these amazing looks. Incredible seamstress, but until recently she did not know how to knit. And so she got together with um, her friend Josh Bennett. He was he, he would teach her how to knit kind of in front of all of us. And then they would have on these like amazing guests. Now Josh Bennett is... Um, her co-star, her co-host, is this this um, I guess he's like a knitting celebrity, um, and you can follow him on Instagram at Josh Bennett NYC. Uh, he's he he speaks at all these like knitting conventions like Vogue Knitting Live, and he had this partnership with Marvel where he designed all these Black Panther sweaters that he sells on his um, on his website. But also he's just like super hot and really funny and an excellent teacher, and he would kind of um, float around the room and help all of us with our projects, and he's doing something like that on Instagram right now. He's posting videos where he's teaching people how to knit for free. Um, he's also he, ha- he also has a partnership with this company called Jimmy Beans, where you can order um, a, a super affordable kit with all the stuff you need to make your first scarf. And then if you go to Josh's Instagram, he's he's hosting some kind of contest where you can win um, a free uh, like a lesson with him or something. I don't remember all the details, but just go follow follow Josh. Trust me, he's a good follow on Instagram. Whether or not you knit, sometimes he just posts like uh, cute photos with his dog. Um, if you order the scarf or if you start knitting um, in any way, shape, or form and are trying to teach yourself to knit via YouTube, which is totally a thing you can do, here's a pro tip. Not that I'm a pro. I'm not a pro. I'm like very average knitter. If I were you, I would also make sure to order a crochet hook and some stitch markers. Those are going to help you quite a bit when you inevitably um, drop your first stitches or make uh, mistakes and you want to fix them without ripping out the whole fucking scarf. Crochet hook, stitch markers, knit your first scarf kit. Um, I will provide, of course, links to all of these in the show notes. Oh, and I just heard that they're actually doing virtual knit at night. Every Tuesday night, virtual doors open at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and it goes till 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find information about that Zoom meeting on um, their Facebook page, which will be in the show notes, of course. So number two, working out outside. You guys have heard me talk about this a lot, but I tend to, the people that I recommend um, on the show tend to teach really difficult workouts, the, the kind of stuff that I like to do. Um, but I've also I, I posted this I think I, the last episode if you if you subscribe you will have gotten in the feed um, something I'm calling a walkout which is a really beginner workout and I posted that because I received quite a few requests from people um, uh, via a survey that I posted online asking what you wanted workout wise and I was surprised how many people 
um, who are new to fitness or who feel like they are deconditioned and couldn't quite handle the stuff that I usually teach, or maybe you don't have access to a bike, you you told me that what you wanted is um, something you could do outside or that maybe was just like some kind of a guided walk. So I threw one, um, a little teaser, into the feed um, over the weekend. It's just a quick 20-minute walk with some squats, some lunges, some progressive speed work. Super accessible for beginners, but I do give progressions for advanced people if you want to go harder. But if this, if, if you're somebody who's been feeling really stuck physically with um, working out at home, maybe you hate working out at home, maybe you're someone who usually goes to classes and you're in it for the music and the energy in the room, I hope that this will just get you up and out the door for a mood lift. Um, and if you're brand new or have injuries, any problems with your joints, if squats and lunges are not really on the menu for you, you can just walk. Ignore all the progressions in the body weight work and just walk and listen to my coaching. I think it will make you feel better. Um, I'm not going to give all of these away for free, but I will drop some for free into the podcast feed every now and then, and I haven't decided exactly how I'm going to charge for it, but I'm leaning toward a per-class fee rather than some kind of subscription because... I don't want to feel the pressure to put out a certain number of classes every month. I'm not sure how many of these I will able be able to put out because I do have a whole other job and everything. And I wouldn't want um, subscribers to feel like they weren't getting a good value. So, you know, it'll probably be just a very low cost per workout fee. And they'll be different based on the length of the class and how much time it takes me to produce the workout and or meditation. So that's number two, getting outside. Safely, of course. Don't be a dick. Stay six feet away from people. But for the love of God, get outside. Um, and whether or not you use my walkouts, a fun thing to do in London, and I'm not sure if this is happening all over the world, but here in London, people are putting up like rainbow signs in their windows and thank you NHS signs in, in their windows. I think they were meant to be a treasure hunt for kids, but I've really been enjoying going out and looking for them myself. Thirdly, stay inside and watch all the great TV. Um, you're going to hear Ryan talk about, of course, how production in Hollywood is, of, um, is on hold right now. But that gives you a chance to catch up on all the great stuff you've been missing since um, however long this golden age of TV has lasted, what, the last decade or so? Um, I'm going to give you some recs right now that I think fly a little bit under the radar. I mean, everybody knows that Fleabag and The Good Place are fantastic, but here are some mostly comedic shows that I really love right now. The first one is Pamela Adlon's Better Things. So this is a show about being a working single mom. It's funny AF, but also deeply human and relatable. The characters, of course, are flawed, like real people. And the children on this show, the kid actors, especially if you watch from, I think there's four seasons. It's in the fourth season now. But you see these kids grow up. But man, they were just like amazing actresses from the second they came on the show. Um, the only problem with Pamela's show is that Louis C.K. had something to do with it in the beginning. He was an executive producer on it, probably helped her get it made or whatever. I don't know. So I guess when you watch this show, you are throwing some money into that fucktard's pocket. But um, it's worth it because it's mostly Pamela's thing and it's really, really great. Secondly, Insecure. This is Issa Rae's show about navigating love and work in Los Angeles as a young black woman. And speaking of Issa Rae, she's also an executive producer on a black lady sketch show, which is 
freaking hilarious and so, so, so smart. Created by Robin Thede and featuring like every amazing black woman who's ever been on television, including the utterly delightful Ashley Nicole Black, who you'll remember from Full Frontal, and then divas like Angela fucking Bassett and Laverne Cox. And I mean, it's just like, it's I, I can't say enough about it. It's only six episodes. Go watch it. Both of those shows are on HBO. And then the last one I'll talk about is Afterlife, which just came back on Netflix. This one is Ricky Gervais's show about his life after the death of his wife. And that's not a spoiler because that's it's in the show description. Um, it's really, really funny. But my husband and I also cry like every episode. I um, I've kind of gotten over Ricky Gervais. If if I'm honest, um, when he went through that like mean streak when he was hosting the Golden Globes, and I thought I was kind of done with him, but this show is so good. And I think that sadly, there might be people out there listening who are grieving right now. And um, I mean, I'd, I'd like, I'd love to hear from somebody who's actually going through. Um, the grieving process, what they think of this show. I feel like it's, it's, I, I mean, I honestly haven't had a lot of death in my life, so I don't, I don't know, but it seems like it might be helpful because it's a really honest and vulnerable look into what that process is like. And also super, super funny and, um, and real. And there's some amazing uh, lady characters on the show as well. So let me know what you think. Um, okay, coming up after the break, Ryan Bernard Tominski, affectionately known as RBT. Dream number two was last night. I um, spoke to my sister in Boston, and it was pretty much not good news. They aren't allowed to go to any parks or they walk around the Wellesley campus around a lake and that's been shut off the footpath because too many people obviously are uh, not not social distancing or whatever. So um, they can walk up, up and down the street in the neighborhood and that's about it. So we also had a conversation about my sister's um, last minute run scored some root dye because her roots are coming in and she's blonde and she said that her hair is like white and gray so it was a huge score for her manifestation of this dream was there were two people um one was a girl in her 20s with a platinum blonde bob the other one was just uh dyed dyed platinum hair and they were in your spin class they were social distancing but they had been eating bats and you were really angry the fact that they had been eating bats. Didn't they learn a lesson? You know, that's not good to do. And uh, they were still going to continue to eat bats. So that was last night's dream. That was the Friday night special. <laughs> okay. Before I hit play on um, this interview, I should give you guys a little context on the moment before this conversation started. Actors will know what that term means, moment before. Ryan and I were talking a little bit about um, kind of what was going on, particularly with the projects that he's working on and kind of some personal and um, financial stuff. So I didn't want to include all of that. But So we jump into kind of the end of that little bit of conversation and uh, go from there so here's ryan yeah so but your but your spirits are okay you're okay yeah i mean i was okay because i kind of saw it coming and i've had a couple days that were obviously worse than others i think the weirdest thing is just to be like i'm unemployed 
it's just weird. And the whole thing is weird. And it's also just like, what am I going to do with my days? I think this is a good time to already break in and just um, let you know what Ryan has decided to do with his days. Actors, this part is for you. So yeah, seeing how uh, work is on hold right now and there isn't much going on on that front, um, I was really yearning to connect with actors like I, like I did on a daily basis when everything was up and running normally. And um, I was really missing that. And so I came up with this idea of a, a program that benefits the Actors Fund, which is an amazing, amazing, amazing foundation that helps not only actors, but everybody in the entertainment industry. And as you know, right now is can seem very, very dark for a lot of people in this industry. So I thought it was a great way to give back and help and also connect with actors. And so I created a program that I'm calling the Casting Kiki. And it's it's broken into two different parts. And the first part is um, I'm asking actors to donate a little bit of money to the Actors Fund in exchange for just like a little meeting with me. So we Zoom and we talk about like any advice they might want to have or just want to chat, just say hi. So I'm scheduling about 30 of those a week. Um, and it's been really exciting. I released the first 30 for the upcoming week and all the slots were taken in about two minutes. Um, and all of those people have donated either $25 or more to the Actors Fund. And I'm really excited to get to talk to those people and to do that week in, week out. Um, and then the next step to it is doing Q&As with um, actors live on my Instagram and letting actors, other actors or anybody ask questions for them and like play some games and have some fun. And like, I'm hoping that it can be a little escape for people to be like, hey, this will all be over soon. Let's get through it together. And in the meantime, let's talk with Anna Camp. Um, Anna Camp is my first guest on Tuesday. I'm really excited. I cast her in Perfect Harmony, and she's been the leads in um, all the Pitch Perfect movies, and I'm really excited. And I, I think it's just a way um, that I can connect with actors from our homes. They can connect with me. We can have a dialogue, and we can also do this all while benefiting an incredible, incredible, incredible foundation, um, the Actors Fund. So I'm really excited about it. We'll see what happens with it. Who knows what will happen when I start back up in my real job and I don't have time to do this all the time, but I figured why not do this while we can, and I'm excited about it. My, my first question is always, how are you feeling? And you kind of answered that. My second question is like, how are like, what is the day in the life like for you right now? Yeah, I mean, with I'm just still working through the end of the week, and so it's been a lot. It's actually been kind of cool because we've been doing Zoom meetings as a company, and everybody's obviously working from home, but we're still able to catch up. And we talk about all the shows that we've watched, all the new actors that um, we've discovered, and like um, that's been kind of cool um, mm -hmm. to talk about that as an office. And we've, we've at the beginning stages of um, one of our projects, which, you know, at the beginning of stages, it's just creating lists. So that's definitely something that we were able to do remotely. And all the agents and managers are responding so we can check avails. The only tough thing is that nobody really knows anybody's avail because everybody's yeah. technically available according to these agents because everybody has these projects that are pushed. Like people are supposed to shoot a series right now that ended in the fall, but we're checking their avail for the fall, but who knows if that series that they're already attached to that they have, do you know what I mean? They have them in first yeah. position, which means they have them, yeah. that could also sh start shooting and make them unavailable. So it's kind of an yeah. interesting situation for us because we can do our job, but it's also everything is tentative. Everybody's avail and even like when we can go back and shoot is tentative. 
So who knows? Everybody keeps like throwing out different dates, and but I just don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows. Yeah. I like I, I I literally just got an email from my um, my physical therapist back in New York City saying that they're reopening for some appointments tomorrow in New York City, which seems seems crazy to me. I don't know how that can be happening. They've got bodies stacked up in the hallways in a hospital in Brooklyn. So I don't understand how that's even working. I do, I do think that our industry will come rearing back like when mm. it can. Because I do think, I do know that a lot of people have used this time to like catch up on scripts and write scripts and like have script orders and stuff like that. Because that, that's all stuff that can be done from home. Mm. Um, so I do think once this all passes that there'll be a lot of work. Like I anticipate us having a busy fall, um, mm. hopefully fall, you know what I mean? Um, but I just don't know. I, I, it just depends on like these sets and have a lot of people on them. Do you know what I mean? It's like, even though you only see <laughs> two people on the camera, there's hundreds upon hundreds of people that need to make this work. So I don't know. And I also am like, is, every gonna, is everybody going to be okay even when they do lift a band and say it's okay? Like, is everybody going to be okay just rushing back to work? Like all yeah. of these stars, do you know what I mean? That like, God bless it. It's like, I don't hold them higher than anybody else, but it's like their careers fund a lot of people. So it's like when they, you know what I mean? Like if Reese Witherspoon gets sick, there's a lot of people that are affected by that. Like, God, like I know more than just her. And so it's like, that's a risk that I think a lot of people are going to have to weigh when starting back up. But it's also like, I don't know. There also might be a situation where people are just like, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like fuck it. Like I just want to get back to work yeah, or like, fuck yeah. it. Like we can't keep this industry like stranded for this long. We need to get back into it. Like, yes, it's horrible, but like maybe people that aren't in the risk group, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't yeah, know. But it, it's so crazy yeah. though, because like, I don't think there is a risk group anymore. Like I yeah, think that, right. I, it, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. young people are dying, old people. It's, it's crazy. Have you had any um, coronavirus dreams yet? I have not. Really? I mean, I, I, I've surprised. had some like, yeah, I mean, I've had some like weird pandemic dreams for sure. Like that, like, because we, of course, my go-to is to watch all of the end of the world films because that's my personality. So I watched like Contagion and I watched World War Z and I watched all these different shows. Um, and so I had like dreams based off of those where it's like I woke up and like everybody in my house wasn't there and I walked out onto the street and there was like tumbleweed and nobody's around. So I, I did have one of those dreams, but no, I've actually been sleeping pretty okay. Um, what are you doing? Like when I say like, what's a typical day in your life? You're not going out at all. Got, what, how are you? Are, do you live? Are you living alone right now? You probably told me this the last no. time I talked, but I can't remember. Um, I have like three very close friends that <laughs> I've been quarantined with. We go to the grocery store like once a week. We like do our thing. We go to Trader Joe's, and it's actually been incredible out here. They're very good with only letting a certain amount of people in the store. Like everybody has to wear a mask now. It's like required. Um, they spray your hand, both of your hands down the moment you walk into the store without touching anything. They are spraying down all of the carts and they grab them from you like the moment you leave. And mm -hmm. they've been like, I, there's nowhere I feel safer than at Trader Joe's to be honest with you because they've been so amazing. They are literally like wiping down food, like everything. Yeah. So we do that and then we've also, um, there's like a great hiking trail that just like goes out into like the open desert. Mm -hmm. And we've done that a couple times, which okay. has been nice. You know what I mean? Just the four of us, like just go and like walk into the wilderness for a couple hours and get some air and like laugh a little bit. And Okay, well there's two um, topics that I wanna cover with you that are television related. 
first of all, we have to talk about the end of This Is Us. Because oh. yes. <laughs> and so and then I also want to I kind of want to play a game with you okay. to see if the, either of us can stump the other on a recommendation of binge worthy television that the other Ooh. one hasn't seen okay because we because Ryan and I both watch everything right so <laughs> yes um, I try to watch everything so we'll see if I, I I'm going to go back into the archives a little bit to see if I can stump you but first let's talk about This Is Us so anybody who hasn't heard hasn't seen the end of This Is Us season four is this season, season four? four yeah season four um you will want to fast forward probably about five to seven minutes because we're going to spoil the ending oh my god those brothers were so mean to each other yeah uh they really were and i, I will say i do um i think ken olin who directed that episode did a really nice job with that scene um because i read it and i actually read it a lot harsher than it played Believe it or not. I will say the lines kind of, um, from the draft I read to what ended up um, in front of audiences, it was a bit different. You know what I mean? It was a little, there's a couple other lines that I won't say that are, that dug even deeper. Um, wow. So I, I really, yes, it was crazy. And I, but I really love that it was like kind of calm and concise, which almost made it a little bit more snaky, like a little bit more bitey. Um, but I, when I read it, it, I read it totally as they were like screaming at each other. Do you know what I mean? Like a mm. full on like screaming attack in the front yard. Um, and this was a little bit more subdued, which I think was more effective. And I think it was the yeah. right choice. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's dark. But I also think that it's real life. Like, mm. I think, to me, you know to, I mean? to me, the thing as an actor watching it, the thing that I thought was so cool is that you could just see and and every one of us has had a fight like this, where yeah. you're you, in your like in your brain, you're like, should I say it? Should I say this? Should I just mm -hmm. should I like should I let it out? And then they said it, and yeah. it was just and it was just so and and like you said, there was a quietness about it, and um and I like almost like I just can't help myself from saying this kind of thing and yeah. every human has had that kind of a fight but yeah. oof, it was dark. no totally and, and exactly what you said i think the 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 direction made it even more powerful because it wasn't just like word vomit it was no. like there were pauses and pregnant beats in between where you could see the wheels turning in their head like should i say it or should i not and yeah. even after thinking about it they still said what they said yeah. which is dark yeah. the, the answer to that question <laughs> yet you know yes or no yeah. it was always yes because it was yes, yes is the most interesting answer yeah <laughs> yeah it was good i mean i really yeah it, it was unexpected and i think it was it was great for a finale moment mm -hmm. to kind of let everybody yeah marinate was, on that until the season comes back yeah i like to the like i honestly can't remember anything else that happened in that episode because that that fight was so oh what's this um he's having a baby with madison and they're going to be a couple down i mean yes that, i mean that was revealed that he is pregnant and they're twins they're twins oh that's right they're yes. twins. Oh, yeah that's yeah, right yeah, yeah, and we yeah. see them we saw them in the future Yes. We saw them in the future as well. Yeah, okay, you cool. see them running up. All so, right. yeah, and like that's the thing about it. Like, that's all the storyline we know. And that's the thing yeah. that it's like, it's actually really exciting working on the show because they don't, it's like working for Marvel a lot where they have all these ideas and they actually have the whole season or the whole rest of the, the uh, series planned out. They know exactly what's happening, but they don't even tell us a lot of the times. So yeah. it's kind of cool to get the scripts and discover it along with, with the audience. Yeah. Do we know how many seasons, have they announced how many seasons it's going to be in total or? Dan's, Dan wants six and he's very okay. publicly said six because he doesn't want it to go on and on and on like 
God bless, like Grey's Anatomy or something where it's like, it just, yeah. you keep making storylines. He wants it to be a little bit more along like what Breaking Bad did, where it's like yeah. they had five seasons, they knew it was going to end, they could create these arcs. And so it doesn't feel like, that's the thing that I love about this is us is like, it hasn't felt forced or unnecessary and they all feel thought out and on purpose which is something about network TV that sometimes gets to me. To be honest with you, I don't watch a lot of network TV because I think at some point it's just like, oh, you're just creating content to like yeah. create content. And there's no point in a lot of it. But Who's your favorite character on This Is Us? Uh, it's hard. Um, you know what I mean? Because everybody's so flawed. So you go through different periods of liking people and not liking them. And um, it's so human. Uh, I would say I, I really love uh, Rebecca. Like, I really, I kind of empathize with her. Um, and I do think that everything she does for the most part is to, for the, um, to better her kids. And mm -hmm. I think that she makes mistakes here and there, like we all do. Um, I think she, Rebecca reminds me a lot of my mom. I mean, my mm -hmm. mom is like, my mom was a lot more outspoken <laughs> than Rebecca is, but <laughs> she meant well. And even though some of the things that she ended up saying they didn't work out for the best. Like they weren't the, be the best things to say. And I think Rebecca does that a lot where she says things to, because she thinks it will cause good and it kind of causes turmoil. But I, she means well. Um, and I also, I, I also always love Sterling. I love that, the character. Yeah, um, that relationship is the best marriage on TV since um, Coach and Mrs. Taylor. Yeah, Susan's unbelievable. I mean, just like the her humor and like their chemistry together. And when we were casting the pilot, I mean, it's mm. it's a series regular role. It's always been like important. But when we yeah. were casting, it wasn't like, I don't think we they knew what this role would become. And after we cast Susan, it was like, oh, like Beth needs oh. to be in this a lot. You know what I mean? Like we need to yeah. give this relationship <laughs> a lot of, screen time because it's so special yeah 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 did, did you watch friday night lights is I that a show not. oh so well you then already that, i already me. went you already I won already <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i watched i watched a couple episodes of it and i know yeah. what it is but i didn't that was kind of before i got into tv and obviously there's a lot yeah. of shows i've went back since but that's just not one of them but maybe that's a good quarantine show that's a good quarantine show you would love yeah. it ryan yeah you would love it it's it's definitely your show i think it's there's one season, maybe season three, where it, it kind of goes off the rails, but then the writer's strike happened, and they yeah. just they just legit just dropped all the stuff that was happening in the middle of the season and picked it up next year. Like, there was oh one character that, that had killed somebody, and it was like, not, not, not the kind of person that usually would kill somebody in the yeah. show at all. It was just a weird, yeah. it was like, oh, remember when Landry killed somebody? Yeah. Um, and they just was like, you know, none of that ever happened. And they I just mean, sometimes up next you got to do like, it. <laughs> um, I think the audience is willing to forgive a lot more than people think. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of times there's writers who are like, we can't possibly just pretend that didn't happen. And I'm like, you probably can. Well, like, if you do a, it well a, enough. Yeah, this is a pretty big deal. And they just pretended it never happened. <laughs> yeah. I think the audience a lot of times will forgive things. Okay. So what should I be watching that? What should I be watching that I haven't seen? Um, have you seen Unbelievable? Yes. It's unbelievable. Those it's performances unbelievable. <laughs> are unbelievable. Like I, I, I know it's the same word over and over, but it's, it's, I've always loved Merritt Weaver, but she truly, it's like a star turn for her. And Caitlin yeah. Deaver and Tony Collette. Um, what else? I mean, you can go through all of the classics, like Six Feet Under, Breaking yeah, Bad, like, which are it. two of the series that I think are the best of all time. Um, Agreed. Did you, I mean, of course, everybody's watched Tiger King. 
Yeah. Did you watch Tiger King? <laughs> I did, and now I feel really guilty about it. Now that I've learned more about, like, I don't think I, I watched that show, and I was like, oh, that lady definitely killed her husband. Um, yeah. But now I don't think she did, and now I think I don't they think kind she of, did. I don't think she did, and I. Think I'm totally Team Carol. I mean, I'm I have totally literally no reason to believe that. But I also <laughs> like. Did you see the article that the directors and the producers of the show released about Joe? And they were just like, no. if you haven't, you should read it. It's like a behind the scenes because I didn't feel this way, but I understand how a lot of people can think that Joe is likable. Do you know what mm. I mean? There's some people that think that like everybody kind of ganged up on him and, and the cops paid everybody off to kind of like rat him out and which whatever. But when you hear the producers and the directors talk about making the show and him just being like a wild racist and just like oh. totally narcissistic and like not easy to work with and like a total like, fucking idiot excuse my language yeah. it's like oh then I start to like go back to Carol like there's moments where I was yeah. like watching and I was like felt bad for Joe but I do think that Carol's just fighting the good fight I mean I think they're all kind yeah. of obviously crazy characters that I don't know if I'd hang out with any of them because they're crazy but it's like yeah. she's not breeding cubs and selling them so I think that she's trying to fight the good fight and she's not an idiot yeah. so Joe kind of kept poking her and she's like if you're gonna poke me here you go yeah yeah no I think that's right I think that's right um, um, what else I'm trying to have think you of, seen, have, did, did you ever yeah, see The go. Wire? Yes. Ah, I mean, okay. That, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. an old, that's an oldie though. That's an oldie. That's the one that I thought would, would stump you. I thought you would have seen, no. um, the other one. Uh, I thought you would have seen Friday Night Lights and not The Wire. No, I have, well, I'm going to be honest with you and this is very candid is I don't love network television. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? And like, I think it was different back in the day, network television, you know what I mean? Because of course, like West Wing and there's like- some Well, because that's all we had, honey. That's all we had back in the no, day. No, true, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I just, um, like I'm rewatching Killing Eve. Have you watched Killing Eve? Yeah, we just, yes. the, the season three trailer just dropped over here. I don't know. Oh, really? But yeah, it looks, um, yeah. yeah, it's going to continue yeah. to be amazing I mean, is what it looks Jody like. Jodie Comer is giving- uh, unbelievable performance and all the boys in my house haven't watched it yet i mean one of them have watched season one but we're re-watching from season one and we're like we finished like three-fourths of a season in one night it's just such an easy watch yeah. um what else do you have what are, i'm, I'm gonna what try else? To oh here. i just finished we just finished ozark season three you just won ozark is one that i haven't i started watching ah. it i kind of feel okay unpopular opinion Mm -hmm. I kind I've only watched the first couple episodes, so maybe okay. this is not an opinion I can share yet. I kind of feel like it's the poor man's Breaking Bad. It, well, yeah, yeah, it's like it, like it, like, it was, no, like nothing's really original. Yeah, it was it was presented like that actually in the beginning, and I would say in the the first season is it is kind of like that, um, but it gets better. Yeah, and I love all of, like I love Laura Linney, I love Jason Bateman, like I love everybody involved, and I I think the performances are great. But I kind of had this thing where I like started watching and I was like, mm, like I've watched Breaking Bad. I don't need to see this. And it's also like white people problems. Like it's a lot of like. Yeah. But I yeah. need to watch it. I think I do. I think you should. I think you should. I think you could even skip through the first couple of seasons and pick up season three. Um, oh, really? Although you'll miss um, Mark Manchaka in oh. season one and one and a half. And he's amazing. So Mark and I went to acting school together way back in the day in Austin. Yeah. Um, and I always remember him because our acting teacher put us in a really uncomfortable like scene together when we really didn't know each other very well. And so we kind of had that, that really bizarre, like it was like an acting teacher who was kind of a pervy creep. And yeah. anyway, um, uh, anyways. <laughs> I love him though. 
He, oh, he's how good was he on Outsider this year? Oh, oh, Outsider is one that's just like I will say. Do you feel like you didn't get what you wanted from that finale? Uh, I wanted it, I wanted it. I wanted something to happen so bad, and I feel like it was just like, like I wanted to know more about this creature. And maybe in the book we yeah. don't know about it, and that's what they wanted. But to me, it's like I because I, I love spoilers. I think you know this about me. Yeah. I like yeah. live for a spoiler. Like I don't like to be surprised in anything. Like yeah. even like Drag Race, which I'm obsessed with, I always look at the window the moment I can before I watch it. And with yeah. The Outsider, I was like researching like the difference between the book and what happened in the book. And they really yeah. strayed really far away from it. So yeah. towards the end. So to me, it was like, if you're straying this far, like, can you just give us some more information about this? I, I will say what I, what I what I wanted. I wanted that. I wanted my old friend Mark Menchaca to just come in and save the day somehow. I didn't want him. To end, <laughs> I didn't want his character to end like that. Okay, we're spoiling, spoiling the outsider. Oh yeah, yeah, um, spoiling. Um, but but I, I, I thought Cynthia was marvelous in it. Dude, she was amazing. Yeah, she was marvelous was in it. Yeah, and at first, at first, I was like, I don't know if I'm feeling it. I mean, she's mm. a genius, but I also, because that character is so strange. And then as yeah. you start to like grow with that character, you start to realize the genius that Cynthia yeah. has like built into it. She can just do anything. I've, yeah. I've decided. And also her standing on stage and singing is probably the most glorious thing that mm. will ever exist. I'm trying to think of other shows. Yeah, of course, you've seen like Marvelous Maisel. I'm not up to date on Maisel. <gasps> I, I, saw the, I saw the first, I saw the first season. And then I kind of, I kind of lost track of it. That's when I should pick up. That's like perfect quarantine because it's like upbeat and fun. Another yeah. performance that I think is just utterly genius. Rachel yeah. Brosnan and that is so great. And also the third season, there's a bunch of these amazing cameos that I don't oh, really? want to tell you about. But yeah, the cast just gets better. But I think that's what happens with like a huge, a huge hit television show. I mean, we had yeah. Pamela Adlon on This Is Us. I and know. Like it was. Just, I remember you texting me and being like, "I know that voice." I was like, "I know that voice." Tell me, that's going to be Pamela Adlon. I know it is. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those situations where everybody was like, "Who's your dream person for this?" And the team was like, "Pam Adlon." And it, like, of course, you're like, "Oh, is she ever doing the fourth season of a network television show?" And there, and yeah. And she did. Yeah, I feel like I kind of need to go back and start. This is us. And Ryan, you've has heard me tell this story, but I'll tell the story to the audience. Is that after the election in 2016 is when this is not this is us launched, and mm -hmm. I used to have I used to teach a double on Wednesday mornings. This is us came on at 10 p.m. Um, on Tuesday nights, which is after my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> I would get up and teach my classes on Wednesday morning, and this is when I was still feeling very raw after the um, after Trump became our president. I would come home from work. I would literally sit my ass down on my couch. I would not even take a shower. I would watch This Is Us, and then I would get in the shower and cry for twenty minutes <laughs> every Wednesday. It's <laughs> It was part of my like self care because especially that first season was so. It was like every Ugh. every episode was just yeah. like tearing your heart out. Yeah, like in the good and the bad. Like there's like, oh, yeah. you, you'd cry because it was so sad, but you also cried because it was so beautiful. And I yeah. knew, I read all the scripts and I knew what was coming <laughs> and it still got me. Have you watched Atypical yet? I watched probably the first half of that. Yeah, yeah and that's like my, that was my first casting director credit was on Aww. Atypical. Um, but that's also a really, really great binge show. Because it, it's okay. serious, but it's light and there's three seasons. We're supposed to go back and shoot the fourth season in july we'll see yeah. if that happens um one day at a time is another one do you watch one day at a time oh I, I i i'm not sure if i've seen all of them so well written and just brings you joy those are the kind of shows although i have been watching like the apocalyptic shows but 
I think those are the shows that America needs right now. Yeah, well, like one, day, one day at a time reminds me too of my childhood because that the original was a, a big deal when I was a child, when I was like a little kid. I mean, I love that. And also they just premiered the, the, the fourth season on pop because Netflix didn't renew it. Mm-hmm. Um, dumb. Oh, are you watching Little Fires Everywhere? I haven't started it yet. My husband is reading the book. And so I'm, we're kind of waiting until he finishes the book. I should read the book too. Um, is it great? I love, obviously I love Carrie and Reese. Yeah. I mean, to be candid, I mean, I, Reese is unbelievable and I love her in anything. And I think this is one of her best performances yet. She's just like, it's very similar to what she did in Big Little Lies. It's a little bit more nuanced, but I'm really loving it. Like that Lexi Underwood who plays Carrie Washington's daughter is a, a star. Like there's no question that she is like one of our next young up and coming stars. She's remarkable. Oh, speaking of young up and coming stars, so Euphoria, you've seen yeah. this, yeah? Yes, Did you like yes. it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a little heavy handed in everything uh-huh. as well, but I do think it's beautifully shot. Um, mm. and I and I I uh and it's hard to watch, which mm. is a compliment to me. Like when I say yeah. something is hard to watch, it means that it's real. And it hits home and there's a lot of things that can relate with it. So it's like, I don't, I, I liked it a lot. Who's the actress who played Jewel? Oh, it's Hunter Schaefer. Hunter Schaefer, yes. I yeah. think Hunter Schaefer, I would watch her just walk down the street or do yeah. her eye makeup yeah. um, for hours. I find yeah. her completely and utterly fascinating. Yeah, and, and I think that, I agree with you. And I think that that is definitely uh, the case to be made with Euphoria is like, even though some of it might not be perfect, it's fascinating and it's interesting. And you like lean in and you care about these characters. And like Zendaya to me is like, I I was never, I've always loved Zendaya, but I never thought of her in this way. And I think it was a remarkable career choice for the creators and her to let her do this. Yeah, see, I I never knew her as anything but Rue. I I didn't know her Disney princess career or whatever it was. I I didn't know her before this. Yeah, um, I love that, that you were introduced that way. And I think that yeah. that was smart of them. I think she's, she's a remarkable young actress too. Yeah, we put yeah. her in Greatest Showman. Oh yeah, of course. Awesome. All right, so I have one last, one last question yeah. for you, Ryan. What is, yeah. um, what's, your, what's your one positive thing that you're taking out of this um, lockdown experience? I mean, you're, you know, you're at a beach house, so it's probably... <laughs> <laughs> I know I feel like such a prick when I was like you're like how are you dealing with it and I was like I was able to do this um <laughs> I the biggest thing for me is you know me better than anybody and I am someone who doesn't like alone time it's something mm. that I've always been afraid of I miss the energy from other people and that gets me down but what I've really started to appreciate is the alone time like grabbing a book and like going and sitting outside and like I never did that. I always scheduled myself like from an inch of my life, like always running, you know what I mean? Barely having time to take a shower or brush my teeth because I was always doing something like wake up in the morning, going to the gym, going to work, having drinks at night, like going to bed and like laying in bed, like wanting to fall asleep immediately because I had to get enough sleep to wake up in the morning to go to my gym class. And this entire thing has kind of put everything into perspective about like, it's okay to just be. Well, I think that's a good note to end on my darling. Yeah. You well, good? Thank you. Yes, I'm good. Everything's, everything's as good as it can be. Just trying to keep my head on straight and reminding myself that this will all be over. There is a future. There's so many people that keep talking about like, it's the end of the world. And I'm like, we, there, it might be a minute, 
but there is a future. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody with Broadway is so like talking about it being dead. And I'm like, it's not dead. It's just on pause. Like it will be back. Everything will be back and we'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think, I think I said this to you the last time we talked, but my mantra has been, it hasn't always been like this and it's not always going to be like this. It hasn't always that. been like this and it's not always going to be like this. I love so, that. You know. I think it's perfect. Yeah. Right. I love you, Ryan. I love you so much, Dar. When this is all over, I am going to come visit you because that needs to happen. Okay. I, I love, love you. very much. I love you. I'll Take talk care. to you again. You. Yep. Bye. Okay. Mm. Bye.